Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Breakfast Ball Pod. Uh, this is Jake speaking. I'm the only one on the pod today, which is kind of an interesting, uh, an interesting deal. But we're not going to do a solo pod. Um, actually, right as soon as uh, this little intro is done, you're going to hear an interview that we did with uh, a good friend of mine, a swing liaison, uh, a philosopher of the game, uh, Chris Staples. So you'll hear uh, the interview that we did with Chris and some of his insights into the game and uh, all that. Yeah, so stay tuned and get ready for another pod next week. Stay safe and enjoy the interview with Chris Staples. What's up, everybody? We're back. We got a, uh, a little guest situation, a little coronavirus emergency pod. Uh, I'm pretty pumped to have this guy on today. Um, he's helping me with my game. Uh, he's a good friend. And I'm, he's got some interesting views, some interesting stuff to say, and uh, I think we're gonna we're gonna get some insight. So I want to introduce Chris Staples to the pod for the first time. Chris, what's going on, man? What is up? How you doing, Jake? I'm doing great, man. Good, to, good to have you on. Really pumped about it. Um, yeah, why don't you you know just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Let everybody know what's going on. What's up, guys? Uh, I'm Chris Staples um, from Long Beach, California, originally. Um, so out here in Jersey, my wife's in the military, Navy. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I've been playing golf since 11 and a half. I was a pretty, pretty decent player, um, in college. Uh, I'm not college. I'm sorry. High school, uh, played a little bit of college and then I played a lot of mini tour stuff, um, back home, um, and traveled with that. And golf is, uh, sent me a lot of different ways from caddying from working into the industry and then uh now uh teaching you know some knuckleheads <laughs> yeah man for sure um so I, th- I think it's interesting because you know we've had um we've had some different guests on and, and talked to some different people whether they be you know we've had we had class a pro on recently um we've had some other uh teaching pros on and, and one thing that I find so interesting is like, you know, we, you and I have talked about you being like a, a very good junior player and, and you mentioned playing in college, playing in mini tours. What's that like transition like to go from sort of being a player to being a teacher and, and sort of what drove you to kind of like go in that direction? <sighs> man, um, honestly, the, the, the grind, man, and when you don't have the, the capital to push you um, and you know, you're, you're using a lot of your own capital. Uh, it puts a, a huge strain on your game mm-hmm. um, to try to uh, make ends meet, you know, um, sure. looking at nine to five and then you're, you know, you're going to a Monday quals or you're, you know, you're signing up for tournaments and the entry fees are $700. You know what I'm saying? It just puts a lot of pressure. So um, that led me into uh, getting an assistant position at Newport Beach Country Club. Actually, I was like a cart guy outside services, and I kind of worked my way up. Um, mm-hmm. Then um, did that for a little bit, and um, kind of, I didn't like the necessary politics of being a 
a pro, but I, I just loved being around the golf course. I think just um, there's just something different when you're around the golf course, but it also can be draining. So it's kind of like a blessing and a curse, I guess. Yeah, I think, I think for sure. I mean, I don't work in golf, but I, I say sometimes like, you know, my students and the listeners generally know that I'm a high school teacher. I always try to tell them like, sometimes it's hard to work like in your passion, right? You don't want your uh, occupation to kill your, like your love for something. And sometimes that can be tough, but I think it's, I I think it's one of those things too. You know, like you said, it's part of, it's the grind, you know, and kind of like loving the game, being around it like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we, I, I would call you my coach. Uh, and I think one thing for the listeners to like, to, to get a good idea of like, what would you say your, your coaching philosophies or like the pillars that you stand on are? Cause we, we talk about them a lot and I think it's man, a good uh, insight. A lot of fundamentals, man. I am a big, uh, as, as you know, we talk mm-hmm. about a proponent of a lot of the, the old school golfers, man. I'm, I'm pure feel. Um, I, I can teach technique, but I think, you know, getting into the P1, P2, all these positionings, a lot of people really don't understand that. And I think it's kind of a fad now. Um, But realistically, when you think about if we go back, you know, all the great the great swings that, you know, the Lee Trevino's, the Sam Sneed's, the I even throw Calvin Pete in there, one of the best drivers of the ball in history. Um, They all had unique moves, but, you know, a lot of some like impact position was generally the same. Um, You think about Jim Furyk. Jim Furyk is arguably one of the best ball strikers in history. Uh, And his move, his move, uh, it's like he's searching for satellite, but the Mm -hmm. way he gets back to the ball is exceptional. Um, so I, I'm very much feel I, I start with basics, you know, grip, um, alignment, and then I kind of just work with what you got. I don't really try to morph anything or make your swing like Tiger Woods or you know, the Ernie L's or the Adam Scott's or, you know, Roy McElroy's. Those guys have their own swing. So that's kind of how I, I think about golf. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, for me, it's been one of like, the most successful things is just working with someone who works with like what I do well and tries to tweak the things that I need to work on or uh, I need to make a little bit tighter, a little bit better. So, yeah, I think that that's a really good way of like kind of describing, um, you know, kind of your philosophies for sure. And we also talk a lot about, um, golf swings. You know, you mentioned a couple there. Uh, what are, what are some of your favorites? What, what are some that stand out to you? I mean, you mentioned Calvin Pete, which I was actually just reading about him, but what are some other ones that, uh, like you kind of stand out to you as swings that you admire or that you look at a lot? Uh, does that necessarily have to do, do with present or can it be past? No, man, G- give us whatever you got. And okay. So I, I'm, honestly, my favorite swing of all time is Lee Trevino. Uh, I love Lee so much. Uh, he, he's just, just he has so much moxie about him and even like when you watch old highlights just his swag um need i say swag but his just how he carried himself on the golf course it was just different i mean i i i've heard so many stories about lee i mean i i have a lee trevino story um i think i told you about it but he's just just that swing alone is so exceptional then i you know i think uh, i if i can go new school 
I like Victor Hovland's move. I I love, uh, man, I love Colin's move. Colin has a really good move. He puts a good move on the ball. Yeah. Shout out to my buddy Joseph Bramlett. Um, that guy pounds the ball. Uh, you know there there's there's a lot of good swings. I like Louis Louis Uthays, and that's oh probably, man, that's a silky Louis, one. He he's he's up there for me. Uh, anybody that knows me and, you know, when we talk about golf swings, I, I put Louie up there with the best of them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm going to push you on the Hovland thing. I'm interested in that because we, we have not spoken. What do you, what do you like about uh, Young Ho swing? It's just, it's so unique. It's like uh-huh. his setup. I mean, if, if I'm being honest, like the setup position that I kind of got you in is has a little bit of similarities. It's not as uh, intense, I would say, but mm-hmm. it's, there are some similarities between your setup position and his. Um, and just, it's almost a one-plane swing. Um, it, he doesn't really have to do that much rerouting. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like get up to the top and then, and then he just drops it. It's it's super simplistic. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of simple swings, uh, like simple and efficient, like that I think that that's the best way to, uh, you know, tote it around the golf course is if, if you have a move that's very simplistic that you can replicate and it doesn't cause for you to have like multiple thoughts. Uh, that's that's the most carefree way to play golf. And I feel like Victor Hovland is one of those that he doesn't really have to think about his swing too much. He just has to, you know, get set up. You know, his his big starting point is his setup point, And then after right. that, thing falls into place. Yeah, did you did you happen to catch his win a couple weeks ago? Did you watch any of that? I did not. I I, I did not. It's it's funny though that you say like uh, it seems like he kind of you know he get, he gets set, he has a setup thing. It's kind of his trigger, and once he's there, he just kind of lets it go. Yeah. Because his post round interview was very much a lot of that, where he had some struggles chipping, and he was like, "Yeah, man, I, I like I hit it great, but my chipping sucks. Like I'm very bad at this, and yeah. I got exposed out there." And I, I, I like somebody like that, too. I like that honesty in it where he's like, look, I'm really good at this, but I'm not really good. Like, I'm not there yet. I got lucky. And, and that was an interesting uh, way to I, look I, at it. I did catch that post that post interview as far as him saying, actually, uh, one of the other kids that, you know, I work with from time to time, Jack, Jack mm-hmm. Iron, he, uh, he actually sent that interview to me. And uh, he was just saying, he was like, he was like, it's funny, you know. Yeah. Just what he was saying. But yeah, short game's everything, man. Uh, I know, we talk about that a lot. Reliant on hitting the long ball and, uh, you know, trying to golf the ball around. But all that doesn't matter when, you know, once you get around the greens. It's like if you can't, you know, you have no feel, hitting hitting the long ball doesn't really matter at all. Yeah, for sure. Let's, um, you brought up Jack for a second, and I had, I had a question on here anyway, not necessarily about Jack himself, but you know, you work with juniors a lot. What are some, what are some like challenges, uh, that, that there are working with juniors and, and what are some things that are like really awesome working with juniors? The challenges is, I think the new era of golf is okay. everybody wants to hit the ball far. Mm-hmm. That is, that is the biggest sh- stressor for me as a swing coach trying to work with um you know high school kids 
that and they think that they know everything. But <laughs> they all do. But the main thing is that they want to hit it far, you know. And then, um, as you know, when we work together, uh, sometimes our lessons is just us talking for 30, yeah. 40 minutes. And for sure. um, I think that's a lost art as well, as far as the the mental aspect of the game, because I think that's that's the you know, extra 30% that separates pros from like really, really good AMs is mm -hmm. the mental side of the game. So um, a lot of times the juniors don't want to hear, you know, hear anything about the mental side of the game. That's why I appreciate, I mean, I, I send you texts all the time and just tell you I appreciate you because, and I don't like to be called a coach per se. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. I got to find a different name, like a swing. Yeah is on or something like that um, i like that That's very <laughs> fancy i like that <laughs> um but you know i i'm you know i i just try to help people man that that's the biggest thing man it's just being of service and i feel like i've been blessed with knowledge over the years and um i've been blessed with experiences so you know as much as i can give that back and you know feel the appreciation like you know us working together and there's another kid at, at Metro Lakes. I don't know if you know Nick McAndrew, but you know, I've worked with him a few times and just like being able to break bread and kind of share what I've learned. Um, uh, that, that makes, that brings me the most joy. Yeah. And, uh, uh you know, it's funny cause you, you dragged me into a, a different question that I had later on, but now it's kind of the right time for it. Cause you brought up the mental thing. So we actually played yesterday uh, in, in Delaware, we found the only state around us that has golf right now amidst all this stuff. It was awesome. And, um, you know, I, I, I had a tough day by my standards. I don't, I didn't play particularly well. Right. And so I, you know, wasn't really happy when I left and I went home and I was kind of like unpacking the round in my mind a little bit. And I think that that's a really good point that you bring up about the mental thing and about the conversations that we have, because, I found myself going back through and just thinking like, you know, so much of this round probably revolved around the fact that I had just lost my focus. It wasn't that I was playing particularly bad or wasn't, you know, thinking about the round in the right way. I just wasn't staying dialed in. I was letting other things like slow play and conditions or whatever frustrate me. And, and that really, you know, I went, well, we all kind of suffered there for a little, but you know, I, I felt like I was suffering from that. So, yeah. I, I think um, if, if you want to or if you could expand on that whole mental game um, thing a little bit, because we do sometimes just like chat about feel, chat about what we yeah. see, about execution. I think I think um, one thing as far as, you know, which, you know, I feel like you're you're in the going in the direction of, you know, trying to play at a high level, at least am stuff, you know, at the bare minimum. Yeah. Um, and we've we've talked about this. It's like the caddy mindset, like having the play. It's almost like having a split personality in essence. It's the player and it's the caddy. Mm -hmm. uh, and when you don't have a caddy, it's really like slowing yourself down. A lot of times when, you know, we're, you know, we're weekend golfers or, you know, we were we have access to a country club. We're playing quickly. Um, when we get into tournament play, it's hard to transition because like the the slow play and i even i got frustrated at that um but the reality is when you're playing an actual tournament and you have to shoot numbers you have to be able 
to collect yourself, collect yourself, excuse me, and slow yourself down to be able to execute. So, um, in, in those moments of slow play, really going going through the process of how you're going to attack this whole. Where do you want to leave yourself? Like what? Like what are the plus and minuses of where you're going to be? You know, and really executing the thought process. That way, when you get into your pre-shot routine, it's already solidified. There's no thoughts. You know what you're going to do. A lot of times um, we get so caught up in, like you said, the slow play or, you know, losing focus or uh, I'll even go as far as like when you hit a bad shot. Um, I think a, a huge uh, a huge downfall downfall for a lot of like like uh, mid single digit handicappers mm -hmm. is that they have an inability to bounce back for um, sure that that one bad shot can really fumble their round and um to be able to understand that you're not a robot um and understand that you're imperfect um something that i have on my profile is, is like i'm a golf individual i pride myself on being an individual um and i think if a lot of golfers really pride themselves on that aspect and 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 not so focused on what other people are doing a lot of a lot more golfers would be very successful. Yeah, I, I love that um, that sort of take on things, and you actually kind of like answered something uh, the second part of that that I was going to ask you, which is like, you know, there's so many different personalities and and different things that kind of like have people lose focus or, you know, sort of um, whether it be like tick them off or whatever it might be. Uh, I think it, it what you say there is kind of really at the crux of it right is like you have to sort of realize the the imperfection of what you're doing right it's a game that breeds imperfection not every shot not many shots are really truly perfect and so yeah. that's like a, a thing that i think is applicable because the mental game i mean you 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 know you preach this is like every you got to look at it differently for every single person you know especially when you're talking about that mental game aspect of things i think absolutely so, um yeah, so I want to dial back, too, to something else you said when we were talking about the juniors, and I didn't have this on there, but I, thought, I think it's interesting. Uh, how do you feel about this whole you, – you bring up them, like, seeking distance, juniors seeking distance. Um, how do you feel about the, like, the potential of maybe, like, rolling back the ball, the stuff that the USGA has started to look at and the RNA has started to look at? Do you think that would be, like, a good thing for golf overall if distance wasn't, I guess, as a premium as it is right now? Um, that's a great question. Never, I know that's a random one. I just, I, I just when never, you said it, I've I had to think about it. I've never really thought about it. Too, I haven't dived too much in depth as far as rolling back the ball. Um, I think they can dial back technology. I wouldn't, mm -hmm. re I wouldn't really mess with the ball too much. I think technology now is, I mean, superseded anything that we could have ever thought. I mean, I remember playing a. R510 TP driver, you know, right? A 360cc head. Like technology has just advanced so much. Um, I think, I mean, yeah, but it, it, I feel like that takes away from the, you know, the more accurate golfers. I feel like it could, it could be good, it could be bad because I feel like there's a, there's a cream of crop, like, Golfers that, you know, hit it just under three bills, 
that mm-hmm. are solid players that th- now they're going to be hitting like 260, 270. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know, man. What do you yeah. I mean, what what are your thoughts? Yeah, so this is like a big topic on the pod, and when you when you we've had a couple arguments, the three the three or the two other guys and myself about it. When you brought it up with juniors, I think it's a good time to really talk about it because distance is like the premium in a lot of ways, and people right. pride themselves on how far they hit it. Um, even yesterday, I think I said to our playing partner, like, "Yeah, you want to hit driver? Driver is the easiest club in the bag to hit, realistically." Right. But um, yeah, so my thoughts are. I would like to see it dialed down in a way and, and the way that they've sort of, you know, brought it about is like, if you have a swing speed over a certain amount, uh, the percentage that it would take off the ball would end up probably being a little bit more. Yeah. And if you had a swing speed under a certain amount, it would be a little bit less. So somebody who drives it 280 might start driving it, you know, 276, whereas somebody that drives it 315 might start driving it closer to 307. Um, and so that's kind of like the breakdown that it would be, but I just think it would be, I think it would be good for different things. Good for golf courses, I think, cause you could play a bunch of different places that, you know, pros and high end ams can just eat up at this point. Correct. And I think what, what you were kind of saying about the, about juniors is very, very, very interesting because a lot of the stuff that you read, um, that leans towards instruction says, Hey, teach your kid to hit it hard first and then figure it out later. And it just shows you that that's, that's like kind of where the game is going. The, the yeah. premium is on distance. The money make the guys who make the most money consistently every year hit it really far. And so that's, that's kind of where I, we are. I think that philosophy of, you know, swing as hard as you can is, isn't a bad one because it keeps you aggressive. I mean, true, what, true. what you don't want to do is be passive. I mean, we've talked about that numerous mm-hmm. amount of times, and I've told you in times of struggle, just swing as hard as you can because at the end of the day, you know it's going to be a confident swing because that's your only thought process is just to swing hard. Uh, you're not worrying about the result. I mean, wh- what was that one hole yesterday? I mean, that narrow, it was super narrow. And, you know, the first oh. thing, you're like, I don't even know where to start this thing. It's like I think we were all saying that. Yeah, I, no. I agree. I, I mean, I was I was all over the you know the tee box trying to figure out: Am I going to draw it? Am I going to fade it? Yeah. Am, like, what am I going to do? And it's like, you know, realistically, if you just try to hit it as hard as you can, all like the direction. I mean, you're going to get a, a more consistent strike. You know, within reason. Of course, you want to be balanced, but um, yeah. you know, just being maintaining that aggressive nature, uh, aggressive nature, uh, throughout the swing, um, throughout the day, throughout your round is, is major, major key. Yeah, no, for sure. I think, um, we, we, like we've talked about it on and off and the, the, I, I went and played in that event a couple of weeks ago and I, I was, I talked about it on the pot. I was like so nervous. Right. And I kept thinking about like the two things that we, like I put two keys in my brain basically for that day. And it was like, you know, pick a pick a high target, like aim high when you're picking your spot, and then just let it rip. Like if anything, you just got to hit it as hard as you can. And and sure. truthfully, you know, it, when I was nervous, it really did help kind of shut my brain off, which was great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Let's see here. You, let's do a couple rapid fires here, and then right. I'll let you. You know, we'll get you a little self promotion. Um, all right. So I got a couple questions. We'll, we'll go okay. rapid fire. You just okay. tell me, you can, you can explain a little bit if you want. Okay. All right. 
Now, you're from a different area in the country, so this one might not work the same, but you've been here long enough. Spring yeah. golf or fall golf? Fall golf. Yeah, fall golf. It's the best. Fall golf is amazing. The foil, Just the foliage alone is just... I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, totally. I think fall golf is so good. Yeah. Um, shoe, shoes, this is a good topic. Spiked or spikeless? Let's go there first, then I got another one. Oh, man, that's a tough one because you need spikes to grip, but people don't know how to walk in spikes. <laughs> so, I'm going to have to go spikeless on that one. Okay. All right. Classic look or athletic look? Classic. Uh, you got those brown echoes. I th- right, they're echoes, I think? Yeah, they're echoes. Those ones. are fire. I love those. Uh, all right. Jack or Tiger? Tiger. That is a no-brainer. No-brainer? Do I need to elaborate on that? I feel like I have to. Yeah, I I need to know more here on this one. I feel like I have to elaborate on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is no shot to Jack, the goat, bear. But Tiger is, I feel like Tiger is just Jack 2.0. And I feel like it's a it's it's almost the comparison of like the Jordan and Kobe. Okay. Like Jordan Jordan was the prototype, if you would say. Kobe took everything that and I I I you know I was never even being from LA, I wasn't a big Kobe fan. But I love the game of basketball. So I am willing to admit that Kobe took Jordan's moves and just he just superseded them. He just mm-hmm. he just morphed them. And I feel like just what Tiger Tiger has done for the game alone, just just from purses, uh, from the type of demographic that is now playing golf, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like there's a comparison. And then if we talk about the game, you take out the years – this man missed a huge portion of years. So true. I, I it's it's that it's arguable, but this man came back from multiple back surgeries and won the Masters. Yep. I just don't feel like there's a comparison. <laughs> really, no, like I'm I love that. Hey, man, stand on it. I, 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 I'm, I hear comparison. you. This man has been like the craziest scrutiny, you know, he self-inflicted, yes. but to come back from that at what, how old is he now? 46 mm-hmm. to win the masters in arguably people were talking about, this is a, I hate when people try to draw comparisons against like the people that, you know, Jack played against compared to tiger. Yeah. You can't do it really. It's like, you can't do it, but, People don't realize the type of ball strike, like the type of ball striking that you had to have back in the day compared to now is, 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 I don't, I don't even feel like there's a fair comparison. Like mm-hmm. the, the club heads, persimmon woods, balada balls, like, it's just like those guys had to have hands, like super, super hands. Like you have to be able to swing that club, but you know, I've, I've been excited for the return of Tiger um, because of the fact that he, 
I wanted people to feel that fear. These new golfers, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, I mean, Ricky Fowler, like all these all these top golfers that are people are talking about. Like, I want people to feel that. Um, and it start, it's, I mean, it was trending in the right direction. Something that, I'll end on this, something that Gary Woodland said when he uh, Tiger won the Zozo. And Gary, Gary's a great player. Gary was like, it is, it's very demoralizing to see somebody literally miss in the best spots around the course. Mm-hmm. Like, like imagine being in that group, like you're hitting good shots and you're getting bad breaks. He's hitting decent shots and he's in the best position in the world. Like that, that just shows like there, there's just different levels. There's good golfers. And then there's just like, you know, the, the goats, which is the jacks and tiger. I, I, I'm going to go tiger. All yeah. Days. I mean, I, I like your explanation. I like a couple of things that you said there. And usually in rapid fire, I won't expand, but I have two quick things. And one of them, the like missing in spots thing. I, I saw like a, uh, an interview that he did after the masters where he talked about, you know, he, he went into uh, 12 with basically the the thought that he always has i'm gonna hit it over this bunker because it's safe there no matter what the wind does and part of that's like obviously knowledge of being playing there forever and all of this stuff but part of it too is like watching these two guys who are in the hunt one looking for his second major one looking for his first try to hit the perfect shot in a time where you don't need the perfect shot and it's like it you're talking to a guy that has hit a ton of great shots a ton of amazing shots and he's saying, like, I knew I needed the most vanilla thing. I need to hit it over this bunker in the middle of the green and two putt and leave. And it's crazy because the flag was so enticing to these two other players. You know what I mean? That's yeah, I mean, one thing that's – and that's, like, just like you said. Like, he, it's a strategy thing. It's not just about the shot. It's about the miss. It's about sort of thinking through all those scenarios. And then the other one – no, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I was just saying he's playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. You it, know? it seems that way sometimes. Uh, and the other one you brought up was the Balada Ball thing. And I actually just recently um, heard a, a podcast where they were talking about Tiger talking to Marco Mira in 98. And Marco Mira, you know, he's like kind of a not a journeyman. He's a good player, but he's getting near the end of his career. And Tiger's asking him, like, well, how, how are you spinning this golf ball like so, so much on these wedges? And he was playing a solid core ball, which was kind of new at the time. Yeah. And uh, eventually he tosses Tiger a ball and Tiger hits one and rips it off the front of the green and basically says like, oh, it's the ball. It's not you. And it's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting because, you know, basically, I mean, basically Tiger is doing these same things with a wound ball. And then he's, you know, he sees this solid core ball and, he, you know, it obviously opens up a whole new thing to him. So yeah. I think that's, yeah, you make a great point, a great point there. All right, here we go. Let's see. Um, on the golf course, music or no music? Music. Oh, you're a music guy. Oh, I'm a I, no music guy most of the time. I, I like I like low music. I don't like blasting music. I like it like super chill. Like, like you know, you can hear it, but it's not like disruptive. I got you. Um, let's see. Short sleeve mock turtlenecks. Yay or nay? Short sleeve mock turtle. The tiger I, look. 
I actually like that look. <laughs> if it was if it was a full button down, I would really be with it, honestly. Oh. Yeah. Well, you you know, you, you go with the fashion. You had the bucket on yesterday, so I like that. The butt but full button down. Oh, let's see. Do I have any other good ones on here? Oh, okay. Do you like or dislike playing in scrambles? Hate it. Why? It's it's not golf. I feel the same way. <laughs> I feel the exact same way. It's, it's very annoying, actually. Best club you've ever owned that you like got rid of? The one that got away? R. It's Japanese made. It was a tailor made R five hundred TP. Okay. Um, deeper face. It was about four hundred CCs. And this thing was hot. Oh my gosh. It was, it has to be that and the trillium that I had when I was like 13 years old that I got rid of. Mm. Probably between those two. But that driver was, if I could find that driver, I'd probably buy it now because it was so hot. And it was a Japanese model? Yeah. Oh man. That would be a tough one to find. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's that's like all I got for rapid fire. So yeah, why don't you know what? Why don't you tell the people a little bit about where they can like find you if they want to get in touch with you? Maybe talk to you a little bit about their game or just follow you that kind of stuff. Yeah, man. So uh, you can find me uh, at Chris Staples Golf um, on Instagram um, or send me a friend request on Facebook, um, Christopher Henry Staples. Um, you know. Hit me up. Uh, I love talking golf. I love teaching golf. If you need video lessons or whatever, I, I'm with it. Um, I, I'm i really good at putting and putting philosophy, so that's kind of like my specialty. Um, but, um, yeah, man, find me on Instagram. That's perfect. All right, dude. Well, listen, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, for coming on the pod. I think that's going to be an awesome chat for everybody to to hear and to check out. So, uh, and then hopefully we'll be able to like catch you down the road, maybe play a little golf. You know, get that all get you in the loop with the rest of the boys sometime soon. Yeah, and I, I look forward to that, and I appreciate you uh, for having me on, man. I really do. Awesome, dude. Anytime. All right, brother. Thanks, bud.